You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Did you know that the right to have a baby in the United States is seen as a privilege, not a right? I think there is something fundamentally flawed with that logic. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. Hey 
Hey, it's Shauna here with some really exciting news. You can now listen to our entire back catalog completely ad-free, exclusively on Stitcher Premium. Check out all your favorite episodes of Millennial Money, like how to finally master the art of budgeting. In addition to the Millennial Money archive, you can also listen to every new episode ad-free, as well as tons of other ad-free Wondery shows with hundreds of hours of original content, audio documentaries, and exclusive bonus episodes from some of your favorite podcasts. You can sign up now for a free month of Stitcher Premium by going to stitcherpremium.com slash Wondery and using the promo code Wondery. Then once you're signed up, you just download the Stitcher app for iOS or Android and start listening. That's stitcherpremium.com slash Wondery in promo code Wondery. No matter how you feel about having babies, as women, we have to face this question at some point in life, and it's a difficult one. For me, it was in my 30s when I remarried, and Jeff and I talked about having kids only to find out that my egg count was super low, and I was told I might as well just throw out my birth control, that I didn't need it, and it didn't matter. It was our first anniversary, and we were headed out to celebrate for the weekend, and I got that call, and it felt like somebody had ripped away my chances in one call. It was super depressing and honestly something that I didn't think I was going to have to face. But you can add not talking about fertility to the list alongside with money, two topics so important, but we don't talk about them. We don't sit around with our friends and talk about infertility or that we've been struggling for years to have kids or that we had miscarriages or any of these things because there's just not fun topics, but we have to change the conversation. So when I was watching the news, I saw a story with Carly and Afton, the founders of Modern Fertility, and they talked about the power in knowing what your fertility looks like both before and during the time when you're asking yourself this big question if having babies is in the cards for you. But I wanted to know more than just that news story and ask Afton some hard questions about fertility that you and I both, we need to know the answers to. So Afton, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. This is definitely an episode I've been looking forward to. And, you know, I think when we talk about fertility, there's a much larger issue we're dealing with. I want to ask you, why do you think women are waiting longer to have kids and what are the ramifications of doing so? Yeah. Uh, so, well, first of all, thanks so much for, for having me and, and what a great place to start. I mean, that, uh, is something that, that really caused us to, uh, start, start our, our company, Modern Fertility was really, you know, my personal experience and, and talking to my peers. Uh, and, you know, that, that translates to a very real statistic. So millennials are waiting longer than any other generation in the history of the U.S. to start their families. And the way that I uh, think about this is, is really, you know, when birth control was uh, invented, it rightfully gave women control over their reproductive timelines in a way that they they hadn't before. But anytime that you introduce something like that into society, oftentimes you you don't know what the the broader ramifications might be. And so today in our healthcare system, you have women that are able to, to make these types of, of choices, yet uh, they our, our biology, our underlying biology hasn't changed at all. So even if we might be pursuing uh, our, our careers or higher education or just other decisions that might delay when we have our, our first or our next child, uh, that could lead to and, and cause some of these uh uh, broader issues and and things that that you know we we just need to be talking about more. 
Yeah, interesting. I, I, I always think it's it's really interesting to see the statistics about the particularly the millennial generation you waiting longer than any other generation. And like to me, that's it's such an onion because there's so many different layers to that. There's the financial layer, which is a lot of people are strapped with debt from student loans. Yep. They're, you know, they're not earning maybe as much in their career, or we're also the generation of entrepreneurs starting our own business. So that has its own complications involved in it. And then there's the other side of the coin where really, you know, it wasn't that long ago, if we're, if we're talking about it, that women have been rising up, you know, we're in CEO roles, or exactly. we are running businesses. And so then, then that comes with a, well, I don't necessarily want to have kids maybe in my 20s. And so you're waiting longer and longer. So to me, like, it's so fascinating, because there's so many different pieces to the puzzle. Yeah, I, and I, I think that, that that's spot on. We you uh, think I, I like to think about fertility as as one of the last frontiers. We're seeing so many advances um, and and areas where we we still need more advances around you know women having equal pay. Uh, but when we continue to think about women you know rising to the forefront, I think we need to be thinking about fertility as a part of that equation and and not just about fertility being our ability to to have kids, but fertility about our overall reproductive health and, and thinking about uh, our bodies in, in a way that uh, historically we just, uh, we, we didn't. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the conversation around having kids is, you know, such a tough one. We're already talking about that. And I've shared on the podcast some, but I got remarried in my really early 30s only to find out that I had a super low egg count. So I was I was really pissed off because I, it felt like I just wasn't even given a shot at it. And then I got pregnant beyond the odds, had a miscarriage. And so then it's taken me a journey of, you know, going through some years of depression, just coming to peace around the idea of maybe I'm not going to have kids or not be able to, to birth kids. But my point is that this is like such a complex issue for so many women and men too. Uh, we often talk about the woman side, but you know, men sort of are you know joining us in the yeah. fertility journey. But you know, why does early fertility testing matter? Because I know when I was in my twenties, I wasn't thinking about fertility testing, but I probably should have been. So, like, how does that? Why does that make a difference? Well, well, I, I really appreciate you sharing that story, and I think that you know more of these stories. As as women, we we owe it to each other to just talk about fertility more openly and as a part of our overall health. And so, you know, I, I think you know when you talk about having a really low egg count and how that correlates with miscarriage and and other health conditions, it's 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 really important that we just bring that dialogue to the forefront and. Uh, we say that, hey, you know, one in a hundred women have a condition called premature ovarian insufficiency that causes um, our, our side effect of that is is a really low egg count. And, and that's not something that that's anyone's fault. It's a medical condition sure. that we just need to to understand more about. And, and the uh, way that we talk about early fertility testing is, is we see a world where we want early fertility testing to be as routine as a pap smear. There are these red flags and conditions that we can uncover uh, earlier in, in life, and we can use that information as women to make the decisions that are right for us. And the reason today uh, that they're, they're not covered in the healthcare system is because in the U.S., having a baby is not a right, it's a privilege. And so <laughs> while uh, having this type of, of information, um, there's just not a definitive care pathway in the U.S. healthcare system. 
And it's really hard to have these types of, of conversations because a lot of the, the options that surround this information aren't reimbursed. And so today we're, we're holding that information back from women and our stance as a, a company um, and, and my stance personally is, you know, we can, we can handle it. It should be our, uh, our choice, whether we have access to that information or not. And there are, are so many really empowering things that, that we, we can learn from it. And um, yeah, so I, I just, I really appreciate you, you sharing that story because I, I think it's sh- stories like that, that can help all of us understand that this type of, of early screening exists and that there are options out there to, to go about getting more information. It's so infuriating to hear you say that. I mean, it's it's fact, you know, and I know it's fact, but to be in the U.S., uh, you know, a country that's supposed to be on the like leading edge of of everything, really. Um, and of course, we could argue that all day long. But you know, to be in the country and to not have fertility covered is just, you know, I mean, so many of my friends just don't even go down that route because, uh, you know, the costs associated and it's just going to be so expensive. So I mean, it's just crazy to to hear that and to to think about that. Yeah. So, you know, when we, we think about early fertility screening or, you know, infertility in the, the U.S., so infertility affects one in six couples uh, or one in six couples have trouble getting pregnant is, is how the, the statistics break down. And when we look at early fertility testing, it can help us understand things like red flags. So if you have a, an egg count that's really, really low or really, really high, it can be an indicator of some of these other health conditions. It can help us understand um, more about menopause onset, which, you know, as Millennials wait longer in life or until later in life to start their families. Things like menopause onset can influence their overall fertile window and other things like uh, success in IVF or egg freezing. By looking at the number of eggs that you have, you can understand how you might respond to, to some of these treatments. And so that type of information and having it up front, uh, we believe is is uh, women should have the, the right to access and Totally. There, there's not a, a right or wrong decision on how you you go about uh, your your choices after that point. But just understanding our, our biology is, is really uh, a great place to start. Yeah. And I'd love to know this too. You know, I mean, a lot of us find these things in life that frustrate or infuriate us, but you actually started a company around it. So I'd, <laughs> I'd love to know like, what made you just like wake up one day? What was that sort of evolution and decide to, you know, I'm going to start modern fertility and like, we're going to take this on. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I wish I, I had just woken up one day and um, <laughs> it magically happened, but the, the path was a lot longer. So um, yeah, my introduction to the infertility space was actually back when I worked at a healthcare private equity firm. Uh, so my, my job at the time was to look at sectors of healthcare that were interesting, growing, had some consolidation potential. And due to my personal interests, I was spending a lot of time in women's health. Uh, and within women's health, I started looking at infertility and just seeing the rising infertility numbers and then you know, leaving work and, and talking to some of my peers and, and no one was really talking about it. And I, I just I found that really surprising. Uh, and so from there, uh, I, again, at my, my job, um, I was diving into all of this data. I was learning the business of infertility. I was learning the science of infertility. Um, and I, I ended up leading the diligence for an investment in a network of IVF clinics and labs. Uh, and it was through that process that I actually had to go into these facilities and talk to women that were undergoing treatment. 
And so many of these women told me uh, that no one had ever told them that fertility declined with age or no one had ever told them that IVF didn't work for every single person. And these are, you know, very, you know, well-educated powerhouse women living in New York <laughs> that just uh, hadn't gotten the, the information. It wasn't a part of, of anyone's job within the healthcare system to, to sit them down and, and talk about it. And so that, that, in, that, that experience and those conversations really stuck with me. And so I ended up uh, leaving private equity, moving out to, to Silicon Valley and working out at and helping start a, a variety of, of different companies. And uh, most recently, I was running the consumer tools division of 23andMe, the, the direct-to-consumer genetic testing company. And it was while I was at 23andMe that I I realized that I was waiting until later in life to start my own family. <laughs> and <laughs> I uh, remembered this baseline testing that was a part of the initial consult within these fertility clinics. And I, I wanted more data about what was going on in, in my own body. And so I tried to get the testing done. And I first started with my OBGYN. Uh, they said no, and that I was too young to be thinking about this. And I should just try and see what happened then. And, and that didn't seem right. So I ended up having to go into an infertility clinic to get information about my fertility. So I got a, a script to go to a, a lab, uh, but the testing had to be done on day three of my menstrual cycle, and my cycles are regular. So I was at this crazy job. I couldn't find time to leave. <laughs> but then when I finally <laughs> got all of that together, the, the results that I got in it information and and conversation that I had with my doctor, which is so empowering for me and and thinking about my own timeline. Uh, But then I got a bill in the mail for $1,500 because again, uh, in in the US, uh, having a baby is is not a right. It's not a a covered benefit. And uh, even in some of the states that do have partial coverage, uh, you actually have to be trying to conceive and that has to be documented for between nine and 12 months, depending on your age, in order for fertility testing to be covered. So again, it's a very reactive problem as opposed to a, a proactive uh, way that we get information. And so, uh, yeah, at that point, I, I was pretty open about my experience and started having friends, friends of friends, and uh, hundreds of women at, at that point uh, that I was talking with about their own fertility and, and timelines. And, and that was the aha moment where I, I realized that this this type of information, this uh, conversation, this education was something that uh, we we needed to start. We needed to make more accessible and, and build this company that was providing this type of information, education, and, and testing to women earlier in life so that they could make the decisions that were right for them. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnit in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. 
when you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. Okay, listen, like many of you out there, I love Notion, our sponsor today. And I honestly use it every day for my notes and journaling. I also track our family expenses and I manage all of our household to-dos. Notion has been such a lifesaver in helping me get a lot more organized because that's not one of my strengths without stressing me out. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is the AI-powered workspace that can summarize things like meeting notes and automatically generate action items and help you get answers to questions in seconds. It will honestly blow your mind. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a freelancer, you're starting a startup, or you're a student juggling classes and clubs, or you're somebody like myself that just really wants to get organized. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com etm. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com etm and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you are supporting our show. Notion.com slash ETM. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. 
Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. finish the conversation with Afton after a Ask Shauna from Becca, and this is a very timely Ask Shauna for today's episode. Becca says, hey, Shauna, I've been listening for a year and thank you for all the topics you cover. They help me think about money and I'm actually excited to do money tasks now. I know that's crazy to say. So my husband and I are facing infertility, which is hard to talk about, but I need to. And our insurance doesn't cover any of the expenses for IVF and we're staring down a very expensive process. Do you have any tips, tricks, or suggestions for how we could fund these expenses? It's going to be like $30,000 plus just for one round of in vitro, which is outrageous, but we really want to try and have a baby. Thanks again so much, and I can't wait to hear your suggestions. You rock. Well, Becca, you rock for sending in that question and being so open and honest. I know that it's a hard thing to talk about, particularly I felt going through this process like I was a failure and I don't like to fail. I like to do things really well. And then there was nothing I can do because my body was failing me and it's so complicated and complex. So if you're in that situation, I know that I know that feeling. But Here are a couple of different things that maybe you can just think about. So first, what I would do is ask your doctor if they offer any special financing options. Some do, some have some great financing options. So first, start there and figure out what they have available to you and be open and honest with them. Say that $30,000 is a lot of money for us. So is there anything we can do to either lower that cost or to be able to afford that? Another option, there's a credit card actually called the Care Card, and it's a good option. They have a lot of low-cost financing options, so I would check that out as well. Uh, Another thing is, do you have credit card points? A lot of us have credit card points that are just sitting around that you can use as 
cash back. Certainly, it's probably not going to be $30,000 worth, but if it's a couple hundred dollars or even a couple thousand dollars, because some of us, we don't even look at our credit card points, well, that's just, that's extra cash that you have and every little bit helps. I also know people who have done, whether they're Kickstarter or other kind of fundraising campaigns in their local community to help them raise money to pay for uh, the infertility, that's that's another option. Do you have any credit cards that have 0% offers that you can use and maybe at least partially? Again, if we're going to go with that, every little bit helps. We sort of have to think about it that way. Another thing is you can give yourself permission to, to maybe back off your retirement funding and use that money towards the costs. I know that that maybe goes against traditional financial uh, expertise, but why not if it's a year and you take a break for a year just to maybe even uh, accumulate some funds or to be able to pay off those bills? That's another option. Also, if you have a Roth IRA, remember, you can take out your contributions at any point without fees. You just can't take out the investment growth. But any money that you have put into the Roth, that's your money and you can take it out. Yes, it does diminish your retirement funds. But if, you know, this is your goal, it may not be that bad in the grand scheme of things as long as you pick up your contributions again after the IVF is finished. And a lot of my friends, they even went to their parents and asked for low interest or no interest loans to borrow the cash. It's just the, another idea if it's an option, if it's available to you. But I think you're thinking about it smartly. You know, find a way to afford it because it's something that is really important to you. And, uh, you know, also maximize the different options that you have available. I would do like a pro and con list for everything. Like write down all the different options that are available to you to come up with that funding. And then just go through like what makes most sense. This one may be okay, but no, maybe the interest is going to be too high on this one. And come up with your own kind of ABC list of, of how you can actually manage to put that money together to be able to afford this. So the last thing I want you to do is I don't want you to put it on a credit card that has massively high interest. I'm talking, you know, interest that is, let's say like 20% plus, because then you're going to end up paying a lot more than that $30,000. And if you are in that situation, I want you to figure out the fastest way you can get that debt paid off. And that might involve lots of tricks like backing off um, you know, retirement funding and also may maybe you can move some of the money around to lower interest cards. You just have to be super creative when it comes to funding things like IVF, particularly if it's a stretch for you. But um, again, I think you're thinking about it from a really great perspective. And again, thank you so much, Becca, for just sharing that and and asking that question because it's probably a question that a lot of people want to know, but there may be a little um, or feel a little weird about asking that question. So thanks for just going for it. Wow, like that's just such a powerful story. And I think it just shows like even with your experience and all the knowledge and information that you had, it was still difficult to find out some of these answers and to push for the testing. And so, you know, you imagine somebody who's just coming into this and doesn't even know what to ask for or what they're doing. And, you know, so many of my friends, like just what you shared, I mean, they were 
trying to have babies for years. And it wasn't until after a couple of years where the doctor's like, you know what, we should probably get you tested. And by then, you know, maybe Last they could time. have counteracted. Yeah. yeah, they could have counteracted something in there. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy to hear those stories. And yet I know from the process I went through how real it is. And I also know how expensive, you know, mm -hmm. because I made the decision that I wasn't going to go forward trying different treatments just because it was so cost prohibitive. And the information they were giving me was like, well, you could spend the money, but probably nothing will happen to you. And I kept pushing for, but can I just do like another test? And they're like, well, no, we don't really see the, the reason to do this. So, I mean, I'm, I, you know, even within myself, it's this, it's a frustrating thing that you can't empower yourself and that you can't, uh, you know, be in the driver's seat with this. So I think, yeah. you know, what you're doing really is giving women that opportunity. So I'd love to talk a little bit about like, so walk me through, like, how do you do the testing? Yeah. And, and let's say I, I wanted to do the testing, like, what would the process look like? And what are you actually going to be giving back to me? What is the information I'm going to get? Yeah, well, I, I, I've everything that you just said is, is spot on. But I, I think the one thing that, that uh, or the framing that we take in the approach to all of this is that, you know, fertility hormones are like your fertility detectives. They're one important part of the fertility equation, but there's a lot that goes into uh, pregnancy and, and having a child and they can detect all of these things. They can, they can help you understand more about your body, but it's not, there, there's no such thing today that is a, a total predictor of your, your future fertility. <laughs> and so the way that the premise for starting modern fertility is that we would take these same exact tests that were done in an infertility clinic, make them much easier to, to access, but also build out the modern fertility experience as an educational platform that would help women understand that, okay, these, these fertility hormones are, are part of the equation. Here's how age plays a role. Here's how these, uh, you know, you need at least one fallopian tube to be open to, to have a child. <laughs> so let's take a step back and, and really... Uh, reintroduce our, ourselves to our overall reproductive health with fertility hormones being a part of the equation. And so that's really the the platform that, that we're building today and the approach that we're taking to the space. And so to your to your question on, on how does it work? Uh, so women come to our, our site, modernfertility.com and request a test. Uh, they can either go to a Quest Diagnostics facility in 47 states or order a test that they can take from home using a simple finger prick. And that's uh, a huge part of our our company is our, our clinical team and the science. Uh, we ran uh, a clinical study that we published in a top peer-reviewed medical journal that showed that a finger prick and a traditional blood draw could be used interchangeably in measuring these reproductive hormones. So it's up wow. to you. you. You choose how you want to, to test. And then uh, from there, you... you the results are, are sent to the lab. And then uh, a, a few days later, you get access to the modern fertility experience. Uh, and based on the type of hormonal birth control, if any, a woman is taking, we test for between uh, one and eight hormones. And our experience gives you customized information on what each of those hormones are and uh, how that changes with age, as well as a lot of other information about fertility and, and reproductive health. Uh, included within that experience is access to a weekly webinar that we call an Aganar, uh, where we have uh, <laughs> an, an IVF nurse um, on our team kind of leading a, a discussion. You can log in and, and ask questions live. Uh, and then 
also included uh, within that experience is access to a one-on-one consult with a fertility nurse. And so all of this information, uh, we don't give any medical advice. This is not a diagnosis. It's information on your hormones, what they mean, and it helps you have a more informed conversation with your doctor. And we do all of this uh, at a price point of $159, which is uh, just a, a huge step forward in the, the space compared to, to what's being uh, charged and the, the cost structure today. Absolutely. Gosh, wow. And so I would imagine then you could take your report then and take it to your doctor and basically say like, here's what, here's my story. Now, what do we do about whatever these numbers say, correct? Yeah. So for um, within the experience, you know, our, our customers own their data. So you can download your, your raw results. And then you can also um, download, we have a, a doctor discussion guide. So we heard from women that, okay, so I go to my doctor and then I, I freeze up or I asked, you know, two of the questions, but I forgot the the other two. And so we uh, basically took all of the uh, questions that we were getting from our, our customers. I think that's one of the, the great things about building a, a digital company is that we can talk to our, our customers and, and get that feedback all day, every day. Uh, and so we incorporated it and built this doctor discussion guide that um, we, we've been told is, is helpful in kind of uh, guiding that, that conversation. And so what it helps you do is just, yeah, understand and check in where your body is today, have that conversation. And then the other great thing about the product is that unfortunately, fertility declines with age. And so the clinical recommendation for some of these hormones is that you retest them every nine to 12 months. And so through the Modern Fertility Experience, we help you retest these hormones and help you understand how your fertility is changing over time. Wow. Yeah, that's just, I keep saying wow, but <laughs> it really is wow, because I wish, you know, I had known about this, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you, you weren't around a couple of years ago, but <laughs> um, it's just, it's just so powerful. But I, I'd love to know, like, have you had any f- uh, pushback from the medical community or what's been sort of the reaction to you thrusting on the scene and saying, you know what, we're coming out with this alternative. It's more affordable and potentially more accessible to to women. Yeah. So we've been really surprised by the reaction of the medical community. And I think that, you know, today there are only 500 infertility clinics in the U.S. and there's only 2,000 reproductive endocrinologists. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? What? Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> so uh, today, you know, it's just, it's a math problem. The sheer number of women that can get through the doors of those clinics to get to this specialized information, it's happening in this very reactionary way, only when there are issues. And so what we're doing is we're, we're not saying, hey, we're going to create this new structure. We're saying, hey, we're, we're taking this type of testing that's ho- historically only done in this very reactionary uh, capacity, and we're opening it up to half the population. And so by, by doing that we can help women understand more about what's going on in their their own bodies earlier. And so that's really the approach that we we started with. And the, the second part of that and what was really important to to me and my my co-founder Carly was, you know, neither of us are are doctors. And so day one of starting the the company, it was just so important to us. And I spent the majority of, of my time um, just interacting with the medical community. And so we formed a uh, and, and have 
have a amazing medical advisory board led by our, our chairwoman, uh, Dr. Nataki Douglas. She was at Columbia University for 15 years and now runs a, a basic research lab over at Rutgers University. Um, an amazing reproductive endocrinologist, OBGYNs, reproductive psychologists, primary care physicians that, that we interact with on a, a, a weekly basis. And it's just so important to us that we have all of these clinicians that are infusing everything that, that we do. And then also on the the uh, minimally invasive, the, the finger prick testing side, we have a, a former medical director of Roche Diagnostics, Robert, Dr. Robert Lau, that is uh, an expert on all the testing in that arena that, again, uh, is able to, to work with us and uh, just hold us up to the, the highest possible standard. And so that for us from the, the start was was really important. And then uh, there, there's been a lot of, of buzz um, in, in recent weeks around um, just startups and uh, mm, their yeah. peer-reviewed data. And so there was a study that came out that said that over half of billion-dollar unicorn healthcare companies had never published one peer-reviewed uh, medical journal, never published in one peer-reviewed <laughs> medical journal, which is, it's crazy. And so for us, uh, we said, you know, day one, we're going to do all of this science, but then we're going to put our results out there and we're going to, to show them to the the world and and open ourselves up to, to all of that. And so I think just our our transparency and, and goals of, of bringing this and incorporating the, the medical community into to what we're doing, that was really the, um, the goal from, from day one. And it's been amazing uh, for us. We got emails from OBGYNs that are like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like I, I don't, I, I don't order this for my, um, patients today because it's, uh, you know, very expensive uh, or I don't know what their insurance covers. Can I refer them to you? And we're like, yeah, this is this, this, yes, this is a, a great first step. And so we're, <laughs> we're starting some, some pilots there, but I, I think that there's also a lot of education that has to happen within the OBGYN community. A lot of this um, testing has been confined to just the, the reproductive endocrinology community, which is typically a referral outside of, of OBGYN. And while there are fertility experts within the, the OBGYN community, there, there's a lot of, of science that, that they need to stay on top of. And so uh, we, we've set up these different educational programs where we provide access to reproductive endocrinologists to some of these OBGYNs that we work with. And so we're really trying to invest in just this information uh, getting out there and, and being really transparent about what these hormones can and cannot tell you. Oh, yeah. And I think that's great. Like the transparency obviously is a huge millennial thing. Uh, <laughs> but I think that that's such a good thing. That's becoming like a huge everyone thing of just, you know, we're challenging all sorts of things. We're challenging banks. We're challenging just all of these different sort of strongholds that we've had in society for years and years and years. And people are finally starting to say, but why does something have to be this way? Yeah. Why can't there be an alternative? And I think that's definitely what you know, technology is helping us do for sure. You know, what do you see in the future? Do you see more and more affordable and accessible, you know, tech-based companies like yours leading the change around fertility? Or do you think it's just going to, it's just such kind of an old, uh, you know, an old society that it's going to take a while to really change the, the conversation around it? Yeah. So, so there, I think it's really important that 
customers, you know, women and, and men uh, understand how to, to navigate the fertility space and, and make decisions. And I think, you know, fertility is this really unique part of the healthcare system and that because it's not reimbursed, there's a lot of, of cash pay and, and self-pay, um, you know, it's tens of thousands of, of dollars to, to approach and, and go through some of these treatments. And what that means is that not all of the, the business models by, you know, new new startups or, or other companies entering the space are, are created the same. And so I, I think it's really important for um, f- when considering some of these options to take a step back and think about, you know, how do these companies companies make money? Um, how, what is, what do some of their success rates look like? Uh, what, where, you know, if I, I have this money to, to spend, um, and I'm making this choice, if I, I'm in that position, where do I want to spend it? And so I think there will be a lot of innovation in the space, uh, but there will also be a lot of, um, different types of, of models that ultimately might not be aligned with the, the best interests of, <laughs> of consumers. And so it's going to to be of, of utmost importance that there's um, education around the way that consumers should be making some of these decisions. And, uh, you know, I, I think Carly and I say all the, the time, you know, we, we quit our jobs to, to put something out in the world that we, we truly believe needed to exist. And we, we think of ourselves as kind of the, the baseline set of, of information to help inform uh, modern women on, on how to make these decisions. And that's really where we plan to sit in the ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, that's so amazing. So last question, this is a little bit of, of a personal one, but learning, you know, going through your own journey, having the fertility testing, and now, uh, you know, w- what you offer at, at Modern Fertility, has it changed, you know, what you're doing personally with your own fertility? That's a great question. So when I got my uh, fertility tested. And actually, I, I think I'm, I'm very open about my, my fertility. You can actually go to uh, modernfertility.com and download my own personal fertility results that are on our, our site and, and learn a little bit more about our, our product and my own results. To me, fertility, it's a, it's a part of your uh, reproductive health, which is a part of your, your overall health. And it's, it's all just information. So, so I put those up on the, the site just, uh, because that's, that's, that's really what I, I believe. And, and for me, um, I, I started testing my, my fertility about, I guess, three or so years before, um, the results that are on our site right now. Um, and so, uh, a reproductive endocrinologist got those results back and was like, Huh, uh, ended up uh, going through the the Rotterdam criteria, which is the the written criteria used to diagnose uh, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and uh, <laughs> told me that diagnosed me with with PCOS and said that because I uh, was uh, ovulating irregularly, I would have a very difficult time and potentially not be able to get pregnant naturally. And so for me, um, it was a really impactful piece of, of information to understand and also know that there's a, a medication that can be used to, to easily address that. So instead of you know spending years trying to conceive, uh, having that information about my hormones and information about my body up front, uh, something that, that I own going into the process, it was able to, to really just uh, help me 
understand more about my my own body and and use that to to build out my my own choices and, and timelines. So that was one little little tidbit from my experience wow. that was just helpful for for me to understand. And super cool that you're, uh, you know, open and willing to put your results online. I mean, I think that's just super empowering. And then that alone. <laughs> well, and same for I'm you. I'm not sure everybody would do that. Yeah, all of this on your, your podcast. I think that, you know, where th- this just has to be something that is as normal as your overall health, just like we get our cholesterol tested. And we know that that can be high or low. And it we might make some changes, we might not based on that information. It's just it's more indicators that you can have about your body. And we need to be talking about it and in, in this this way. So I think it's it's awesome that you're you're so passionate about this. Um, and and having me here to, to hopefully help other women understand uh, that this type of testing exists. And uh, we hopefully have, have created a way to, to help women learn about it a little bit easier. Yeah. Wow. Well, Afton, we have talked about so much. This has been an awesome episode. If, if you could leave the listeners with just maybe one gem about their fertility, maybe a, a way to think about it, um, a tool, a technique, a tip, anything, what would you tell the listeners? Ooh, oh, gosh. So many things. Um, let's see. Well, we built a, a free resource a couple mo- uh, months ago called the, the Timeline Tool. So if you go to, I'm checking the URL right now, if you go to modernfertility.com slash timeline, uh, we built uh, a tool where you could put in your current age, uh, the age that you want to have your first or next child, uh, the number of kids that you want, and then your your inner birth interval. So the the timing between births it, it uh, defaults to uh, the the standard recommendation there. Uh, and then it just helps you understand the the odds of a, a successful pregnancy, uh, odds of miscarriage uh, as you you age and, and get older, and the role that that hormones play in that process. And so it was really uh, built out of of us realizing that. Uh, the data is out there. Why, why can't we, we have it at our, our fingertips? And so our hope is that that's just, you know, one step towards uh, making this type of information easier to access and giving women more data points to, to play into the, the decisions that they're making. Fantastic. Awesome. And I know we've mentioned it before, but tell listeners where they go to find out more about Modern Fertility. Oh, great. So yes, they can head to modernfertility.com. And if they have any questions from there, they can send an email to hi at modernfertility.com and we'll be sure to to get back to, to everyone. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free, and you'll make sure you never miss an episode of Millennial Money. You can also listen to all our episodes on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Pandora. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? 
We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.